I hope you picked up on the words perfect because that's the God that we serve, the perfect God, perfect God who is in charge of imperfect people, could we say? Well, ready or not, here I come. That's the message title today, ready or not, here I come. Um, I do. I would like some feedback from um, you if you would like the sermon outlines or you like it not having sermon outlines. So I'll just take a poll of that. Uh, you just run that by me on your way out or tell me you like it or don't like it. Doesn't matter. Uh, whatever. Uh, you notice I hadn't been putting any of those in in the bulletin lately. So uh, if you like that, it's no problem. I'll certainly put it back in there. If it helps us. <clears throat> We're all familiar, I think, with the two words, get ready. <clears throat> you know, we, we get ready to church for to for church. Well, at least some of us got ready this morning. We have plenty of room left for anybody else that would like to get ready and come and join us. Lots and lots of seats around. Um, so uh, we get ready for church, and we get ready, young people, you get ready for, for school, uh, you get ready for um, vacation, you get ready to go to the ball game, uh, you get ready, or coaches get their players ready to play the game, and the list goes on and on. But the bottom line is simply this, we get ready to do and go all the time, don't we? All the time. And it seems like the older I get, the more, the more it involves going. And I think Mary Epi is called grandkids. Grandkids. Keep us going. And those of you, you who aren't old enough to have grandkids, you, you'll understand that one day. Uh, but uh, I was thinking about <clears throat> that this week, about how busy we are. But what about getting ready and being ready for the return of Christ. Have we thought that far into the future? Are we prepared this very day for His return? Uh, it takes me back to, to my childhood, and that's a lot of years ago, uh, when we used to play a, a game called hide-and-seek. Have you ever played that, hide-and-seek? Now, have you ever been it the one who had, the count, had to count to 50 or 100 or whatever it was while all the other kids went and hid. And when you got to that number, you said, ready or not, here I come. And you go and you try to find the people that are hidden. And, and um, then the game just continues over and over. But I was thinking about that. One day, one day, Jesus is going to say, ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. And here's the truth of the matter, is that Jesus knows right now if we're ready for his return. And guess what? It's not like we're, we're hiding from him. Guess what? He knows exactly where we are. So it's not going to take him very long to find us because we're not missing in action. He knows where we are. Let me take us to our scripture this morning to 2 Peter, and those of you who uh, got in on the study on Wednesday nights in 2 Peter, this is the book that we went through, and uh, I want to go back to some of those verses, 2 Peter chapter 3, and find verses 1 through 4, 
And we'll read some verses together here. God's Word says this, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. So Peter's reminding us here. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord Jesus. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, skip the next few verses. Go to verse 8, and I'll come back to those that I skipped in just a moment. Verse 8 says this, But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the, with the, uh, with the Lord one day is, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Some translation may say slow concerning his promise. As some count slackness or slowness, but is long-suffering or patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the, end, uh, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Verse 11, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. In verse 14, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. The word of the Lord. Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture today. And now as we look together at it, may we uh, be encouraged, may we be challenged, may we be reminded of what you want us to hear this morning Lord, speak to our hearts. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, the first coming of Jesus to the earth, to this earth, was a pivotal point in history. Because why? When, when Christ first came to earth, history began <clears throat> the last period of human history called the Age of Grace. The Age of Grace. Or the time when God's mercy, when salvation became available to, to the world through who? Through God's Son, Jesus Christ. We, we also refer to this time frame as the last days. The time between Christ's first coming, Advent, that we'll be talking about real, real soon, and Christ's second coming. And keep in mind, as, as, as Peter did... So are we living in the last days. 2 Timothy 3, 1 says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. In our text that we just read, verse 3 of 2 Peter 3, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust. So the final chapter, church, of human history 
is now being written. And someday, Jesus will return. And the earth that we see and know now will be no more, will be totally different. So here's the age-old question, I think, that you've had asked, or maybe you even wondered in your lifetime, I know I have, when will Jesus return? When will he come back? Well, Jesus said in Luke 12, 40, that no one knows the hour. That verse says, therefore, you also, get this, be ready, as we talked about in Sunday school, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So, in light of this fact, and it's fact because it's Scripture, isn't it somewhat useless for us to sit around and try to put a date and a time on Christ's return? We don't know. We don't know when it's going to be. But on the other hand, what ought we be doing? We should be continuing to be obedient to his command and watching and waiting and being ready. Now, there was a little bit of uh, confusion here. Go back to verse number 5, uh, 5, 6, and 7. I want to read you this, and this will kind of show you, this will kind of propel us into what we need to see. Verse 5 of, of our text, of our passage, says this, For, for this they willfully forgot. Now remember, remember the question that was asked in verse 4. Where is the promise of his coming? It's been all these years, and he had not come back yet. Where, where's the promise? So in verse 5, he says, For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Guess what that is? That right there is talking about the flood. The flood. Was the flood not predicted? The flood was predicted. Jesus gave the heads up back then when the flood took place. And here they, they are, they're confused. Well, if that can happen, wonder why they think that, that Christ can't come back. <clears throat> well, one indisputable fact is this. That it's been over 2,000 years ago, church, since Jesus promised he would return. So since it has been so long, does it mean that he will not return? Have some Christians been wrong in declaring that Christ would soon return? And how can we put in the same sentence 2,000 years ago and soon? Well, you know, people everywhere probably most of us included, have asked these questions. When's it going to happen? It's been so long ago. Why, why, why hasn't it happened yet? Well, let's allow the Holy Spirit to give us some answers to a couple of questions. <clears throat> let's look at it. Why is Christ not yet returned? Let's just ask that question. Let's ask that question to ourselves. Why is Christ not yet returned? And guess where we go? Do we, uh, we want to Google that and see right quick? I got my phone. Anybody else got a phone? You know, let's Google that and see what Google might have to say. No, why don't we see what God's Word has to say? I, I think that's a lot better option for us. Look at verse number 8. But, beloved, do not fret 
Do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Folks, we serve an eternal God. The prophet Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what then is a thousand years? You see, time has no span with God. But how do we measure time? We measure it, don't we? We, we measure days and years, and we walk minute by minute throughout the day for 365 days every single year. But what does God say? God says, look, a thousand years seems like a day to me. So for us to ask why Jesus has not yet returned after all these years is somewhat ridiculous. To God, it may seem like only two days have passed since Jesus died and rose again. The point is this, church. For us not to be discouraged because Christ hasn't come back yet. Obviously, isn't it, isn't it pretty obvious that God obviously hadn't returned, but he's got some other things that he wants done here on earth. He wants you and I to be involved in, in lots more of, of his work, his kingdom work here on earth. But what, he, what does he want us to do? In the meantime, watch and be ready. Well, part two of question one, why has Christ not yet returned? We see that in verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing, here we go, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Don't you think that's another reason Christ hasn't come back yet? Because he wants more people to go with us when we go to heaven? So my question that, that, that I was confronted with, what am I doing about it? What, what, what am I doing? Am, am I being one of the workers or one of the laborers in the, in the harvest field? I think we all need to ask that question. But at the same time, I'm glad that God's patient with us. Something else in verse 10. The return of Christ will come as a thief in the night. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. You know, the return of Christ is just like <clears throat> when people's houses are getting broken into. And you've probably been broken into before. And there's a good chance you probably weren't home. Because thieves come when the homeowners aren't there most of the time. And chances are the thief is not going to call you up or send you a text message or an email and say, Look, I'm going to be there about 4 a.m. I want you to be ready for me. No, he comes when, it, when, when you least expect it. What does that tell us? If we don't know when Christ is coming, we don't know when he's going to come back, the question is, are we ready? Are we ready for that? You know, he has forewarned us. He says, I'm coming back. But here's the problem. A lot of people don't believe it. He says, I'm coming back. He's forewarned us. But here's the, here's the tricky part. 
He's not told us exactly when that will be. He's given us some hints. He's given us some little things that we can see in Scripture. So I ask myself, I wonder why he has held that particular date and time from us. Could it be that he wants us to remain focused and faithful to him? Focused on him, faithful to him? Do you think it might just stir with it, the reason he hadn't given us that so that we might stir within our own lives that righteous living? What about the lost people? What about the hundreds of thousands of lost people walking around on the earth today? Don't you think he's probably wanting them to repent and turn from their sinful ways of life? I think so. And thirdly and lastly, in light of Christ's return, how ought we to live? How ought we to live? Verse 11. Two words. Holy, godly. You know, I thought about that. Holiness and godliness. And how we should strive every single day of our life for every area of our life, our thought life, our thought life, our actions, that though our thought life and our actions must be holy and godly. Now we're all guilty of unholiness and ungodliness, are we not? We are. But that's what we're to strive for. And then I begin to wonder, wonder why there's so much emphasis put on holiness and godliness. Well, I, I think for a couple of reasons. One is because God said for us to be holy. Why? Because he is holy. And then the other thing is because of our sin nature. And it's our tendency to sin, to do the wrong thing. And as we mentioned in uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting, we, we, we talked about this a minute. Sin will take us farther than we want to go. Keep us longer than we want to stay. And cost us more than we want to pay. That's what sin does. So here's the question. Are we ready? Are we prepared for the return of Jesus? And when he returns, we're to be found like verse 14. You ready? Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him, uh, excuse me, by him in peace without spot and blameless. Jesus says, ready or not, here I come. But until then, until then, do we just sit around and twiddle our thumbs? No. What we do is this, that we continue doing the work that God has called us to do. And secondly, and probably most importantly, believe that he will return. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for this message. Thank you for reminding us very clearly that you will return. You will return one day. And God, it may not be in our time, in, in our lifetime. It may be hundreds of years from now. It may be thousands of years from now. But Heavenly Father, remind us that it could be this very day. 
So I know I ask my, myself this question, and I pray that each one of us will ask ourselves this question. Am I ready? Thank you, Lord, for being patient with us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and for giving us the opportunity to receive Christ Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. And I pray, God, if there be one here today that cannot say without a shadow of a doubt, yes, I'm ready, I pray that that person will not leave this sanctuary before they do business with you. Speak to our hearts now as we sing this hymn of dedication. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Number 376.